0: Hey everybody! It is uh, Mark the Wolf uh, here with the Warrior and the Wolf podcast. Today is part one of a two-part uh, podcast that we were doing. Uh, this is going to dive into some pretty deep stuff, uh, and it's super important to us that you take a look at the resources that are available to you. Uh, and but without further ado, part one. <laughs>
1: and the wolf episode eight um most you know i am aaron the warrior over there is mark the wolf and uh with the headphones on looking so handsome is brian as we've now dubbed
0: the wizard i gotta tell you he might have gotten better looking since the last episode he might have holy smokes the back of this guy's (laughs) head
1: um and our uh engineer steven
0: Yes, appreciate that. Yeah, The
1: guy is making us sound smarter than we are.
0: At least more professional, At like we know what we're doing. That's yes. for sure.
1: Um, so if you've been listening for a while, you know we like to start every uh, episode just with a check-in just to get us started, centered on where we're going. Uh, so last week, I went first, so... Mr. Wolf, I'm going to throw this one to you and let you start this. Yeah, one.
0: so again we use sachet emotion, sad, angry, scared, happy, excited, tender. That's the acronym for sachet. Um oof. Yeah, you know I I, I notice some fear. Uh, I I'm I'm scared. Sad happy uh tender. Yeah, just just some work stuff going on. Um uh, feeling distracted about that and, and scared, um, wanting to show up well for my clients uh, and service them as best I can. And so, uh, distracted with that, uh, sad about that, uh, scared about that. Uh, sad and tender for uh, our topic today. Uh, you and I are going into this uh, with a preconceived notion that this is going to get pretty deep pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Um so sad scared about that um yeah happy i do i i love being in the room with you guys there's there's confidence that comes with that for me Uh, and happy um got got some great stuff uh, planned with the family today uh so uh happy and excited about that with adam in
1: well welcome yeah for me oh man scared tender um i'm happy and excited um Kind of everything you said, what we're talking about today um, makes me sad, makes me tender for myself, tender for my wife. Um, it's fresh, man. Some of the stuff I'm talking about and stories are, are fresh. Yeah. Um, so there's still, yeah, fear there. Um, gosh, I'm happy. I'm excited. I, I'm, a, you know, say we, we drive down here. Um, I'm looking forward to the drive home just to connect with with my wife we got about an hour plus drive to pick up our boys and then we'll hang out tonight and we're taking uh taking our boys to uh the monster jam truck show oh tomorrow my uh my three-year-old's convinced that he's going to be able to drive a monster truck while he's there um he's obsessed loves it which is just something super cool to do so i'm really excited about that and with that i am in welcome
0: Can I ask a question to start us off? Yeah. Tell me why you wanted to do this topic.
1: Oh, so many reasons. Um, I think the main one is it it hits home really hard for me. Mm. It hits home. Um, it's been a struggle of mine. And like I said, it's, it's fresh. There's a very fresh example of this um, in my life.
0: And I don't think I'm alone.
1: I know I'm not
0: alone. No, I, I promise you you're not alone. So
1: I know I'm not alone in
0: in this. I, I, and and I guess, so two things. Number one, I'm always proud of you, but I'm exceedingly proud of you today. Um, I think as you've told your story over and over and over, the story has become easier for you to tell. Yep. Yeah. This is not easy for you. This is not fun for you. This is not... This this is something that you came to me and you were like I think I want to do this because there's so many people that I could impact. Yeah. And I love your heart in that. So super proud of you for stepping into this. Um and as a preface as a preface as we get into this if you feel the need for professional help in any way shape or form two things. Number one Please reach out. We're happy to give you any resources we possibly can. And number two, you're not alone. It's not a sign of weakness. It is a sign that you want to make yourself a better version of yourself. Mm. And we love that, and we're grateful for it. So give me some background.
1: Yeah, so I think we can take the air of mystery off. But what we want to talk about today is just the the stigma or the whatever you want to call it or whatever you want to use. We're using stigma um, behind... Seeking professional help for your mental health, and I, from our perspective, as we always do, this is this is for anybody that might feel that they need help in mental health. But from my my perspective and your perspective, we're going to talk about it from from the stigma behind men doing it. Sure, as much because that's we as men, and that's how we're going
0: <laughs> to. So, where's our stigma? Where do you think that stigma comes from? Where's it rooted?
1: I mean, I think in just stereotypes of society. When we've talked about the emotions that men aren't allowed to feel, you're not allowed to feel sad. You're not allowed to feel scared. You're not allowed to cry. You're not allowed to-
0: Suck it, it up. Suck anything. It.
1: anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, well mental health, well, you're just not tough enough to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Like that's just how a lot of us grew up.
0: It's, it's certainly how I did a, a thousand percent. And I guess that's why I am with you. I'm really excited about this. It, And it it is going to be specifically, at least from our seats, for men, because I personally can't speak for women. I know that women have um, the exact same concerns around Mm -hmm. mental health. Yeah. Uh, But I do. I get it. Like, uh, I had to show up a certain way. I had to be a certain thing. Like, suck it up, men. Don't cry. Walk it off. Like, there was no pain. I wasn't allowed to feel. Like, you just you just went after it hardcore as often as you could, as hard as you could, and you had to get it done. And if you didn't, then you suck and you got to do it again.
1: Yep. Oh yeah.
0: And so I can remember um, when my folks got divorced again, this was that, that 12 to 13 space, right? Mm -hmm. Mom said, Hey, do you want to go see this doctor? And I'm like, it was the first time I had ever, known what a psychiatrist was or anything like that. She's like, it's a therapist. Do you want to sit down and talk with him? And I'm like, well, even at that age, dude, I'm like, no, I'm I'm good. Like I stuffed so quickly because that's how I was raised. Uh, And I did, I went. And then after dad passed away, right, 2004, I was so reluctant to go and talk with a doctor about antidepressants. To the point where, hey, I want this, I want this, I want this, I don't want this, and so on and so forth. And I was only on two months tops because, look, suck it up, you, 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 you got this, you can do it, you do it on your own, yada yada yada. You call me this week, yeah. And
1: oh man, we're gonna go right into that right away. Um, yeah, so the reason this story came online. Um, for me, um, so a little bit little bit of background before I get into the recent story. Um, we just talked about, and I guess I didn't tell you before, you didn't really know, but I have, when I was in the military, I, re- I did receive, upon exiting, a diagnosis for PTSD. Okay. Some of it was military-related. A lot of it was related to my past and my story. And again, if you want to know that, go back. That's episode numero dos.
0: Yep. So, um, so you bring up the military there. Yep. And yeah, his story is... Pretty badass. Aaron's got an amazing story uh, and an amazing story of grace to go with it. So episode two is where you want to go for that. But you talk about the military. Mm-hmm. They diagnose you with PTSD. Did they give you any resources from a professional standpoint to have that addressed?
1: I mean, they provide, They did provide counselors. I okay. Mean,
0: they, they
1: provided counselors and some sort of medication. And this is, I mean, gosh, this was 2005, 2006. So, I mean, almost 20 years ago. Yeah. Treatment and medications have come a long way. Right. Um, but especially, I don't know. Expect, I just took on the, like, you can't tell anybody about this. You can't do it because you're, you're broken. Mm. Don't be broken. Fix it or live with it. Suck it up. Yeah. So, um, I mean, a lot of people, I've never, I don't, I mean, you didn't know until pre-show when we were here just chatting. Correct. Um, so obviously with that, with what has been with my story.
0: So when you talk about your military background and the PTSD and everything else, did they specifically relate it to your story or did they relate it to the service that you gave? Tell, tell me, tell me what they decided the PTSD was rooted in.
1: So it was, it was, it was both. So if you listen to the story, we talk about the abuse that happened in the past. Correct. And then the bullying, most of my life. So it was equated to the bullying and the traumatic stuff that happened. And the basic emotional abuse is what they actually called it in the military, equating it back to where, to what happened in the past. So they were, it's it's service connected, but it's also past connected.
0: Well, and I think that's, that's an important distinction, at least for me, because the reality of it is, I look at PTSD as a civilian mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, it has to do with the service and yada, yada, yada. And, and I think that so service members can be like, oh yeah, it's because of this, without really digging into the story to figure out how they can most effectively have an impact on the outcome of their lives.
1: Yeah, so part of the stigma too for me is having served in the military. Yeah. And you, when you say, I was in the military and I know Brian, you were in the military, so you might be able to back me up on this. Um, but when you somebody says I'm in the military and I have PTSD, everybody's first thing is combat. Right. You were some sort of combat, like where, you know, what kind of combat? So there's definitely a. It doesn't feel like stolen valor, but like to say like, oh yeah, I got PTSD diagnosis in the military, and had nothing to do with combat mm. is also a stigma out there. It's Like I don't want to take away what from what other. Brothers in arms, like laid down their life and bled.
0: Which just goes to deepen the yeah. story and the PTSD. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you get this diagnosis.
1: So, so I had that diagnosis. And it's just something, like I said, I've, I chose to live with it. It was a fix it or live with it. So I just chose to live with it and just, it was, it's, it was there. But they did um, give
0: you options to fix
1: it. They did. I, I was on medication. I hated the way it made me feel. Okay. Which is a very common, common thing. Which is another reason why a lot of people don't seek help because they just get some prescription or some sort of medication. And this is not saying that medication or <laughs> pills or treatment is bad, but there was just a lot of times, especially almost 20 years ago, when they would just throw a cookie cutter pill at you, especially in the military, you know, 800 milligrams of Motrin, right? And that should fix it.
0: And I think too, you bring up a good point. Like even, even when we were talking antidepressants after dad passed away, I was very, very cognizant. I don't want habit forming. I don't want this. And, and if it's going to change who I am authentically, I'm going to have an issue with that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I, I think, think it's
0: okay that people are like, Hey, I don't want to do this to my body. I think it's okay.
1: Yeah, I I do too. And I think that, you know, and I'll probably touch on it a little later. Um, but finding the right plan and finding the, what, what works for you. Because medication may not work for somebody. Medication
0: may work. So you chose to live with it. So
1: I chose to live with it. Um, and I've been doing a lot, a lot of work. Obviously, I've been telling my story. I've been doing a lot of work. I mean, you you know, five years ago, you and I started this and started this journey. And I'm just discovering so, so much. Um, so in my house, the last couple of years have been fairly difficult right um with job situations gosh last week we had talked about the episode of mindset so i've been in that fixed mindset of i'm just not capable of doing stuff i'm not capable of succeeding and just feeling absolutely stuck in certain jobs and i've had decent jobs gosh i you know had an insurance agency and was fairly successful at that went into loans i was decently successful successful at that of course i was in when you could swing a dead cat and do 10 loans and a refi.
0: Right. Ah, um, uh, the good old days. Yes,
1: the good old days. Um, and then trying to figure out now with the with economy and sales and my fixed mindset was like limiting. Like, here's where my skills are. Here's what I can do. I just have to have a job in here and just push through and get it done, which has been causing a ton of stress on myself and at home um, with my wife. And she said she felt like she was alone busting her ass trying to keep us afloat we talked last week about that fixed mindset. It's not cause I was just wanting her to be out on our own, but I was so stuck. Like I told her at one point, it's like, I wish I could explain to you. You could like jump inside my head and just see the debilitating fear. Like, it's not cause I don't want to. It's not cause I don't love you. It's not cause I don't care for you and the boys, but the, it's like the fight or flight and being terrified and just stuck.
0: Almost like freezing, I would imagine.
1: It's 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 paralyzing. Yeah, and people look I'm like how oh, you just get paralyzed? I like. I wish I could explain it. I wish I could show you what happens or what goes on inside my head. Oh,
0: and I like that, brother. Like so. And and again, we're we're five years into this, but knowing that you freeze in that moment, what's the fr- like? What's the story you're telling yourself about how I feel about you? How you feel about or, me, or or in that space, your wife?
1: Yeah. That I'm not, that in the story is like, you're not good enough. You're a loser. You don't have the skills. I bet on the, I bet on a losing horse, which are all things I said. Um,
0: so. Wait. That's verbatim what you said to your wife? Yeah. About you? Yeah. Oh, that's some solid negative self talk. So. Dude.
1: What led up to it? So, you, you, we've talked about in the, and it's no secret in the, Um, first couple episodes, you and I've been talking about me trying new job opportunities, trying to figure, you know, figure stuff out, figure out where I'm at. Um, trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. And I had, you know, we had an opportunity come up of something that I applied for a long time ago. Well, not a long time. It feels like a long time ago. And, um, just out of nowhere resurfaced said hey are you interested it's like yeah this is like not a dream job but pretty darn close love that for me
0: love that for you
1: it's not an easy job by any stretch of the imagination but i love what i love about it is how it will implement my skills my ability and where my heart is um so instead of doing what like a nor what okay i'm gonna say normal in my mind what a normal person would have done and gone to their wife on a monday morning it's like hey I applied for this a while ago. I remember I told you about it. It's been a while, but they asked if I was still interested and would like to do an interview tomorrow. So I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing right now, but I'm going to go to the interview to see what might come of this. If anything happens.
0: So a normal person, Uh, what a normal conversation should have been like. So that's a, that's a judgment. It is. And we're going to come back to it here in just a second, because what did you present her with?
1: So I walked, so my wife works a kind of a high stress job. (laughs) I say high stress because she's the only one in it. She's a consultant and she does, has to do a lot of work with a lot of broken systems and put stuff together. And she's brilliant at it. It's why she does what she does. So, but Monday morning and she's super stressed dealing with that taxes, kids, um, our, um, oldest was homesick, So we have both kids at home. Me. I just come Monday morning, like, Hey, um, I got this other job interview that I'm going to go, to tomorrow and just chase after that and see what happens. Which...
0: And how was that met? That was the straw. Okay. That because was, what led up?
1: Because of everything that's been happening in the past and her feeling alone. So what I said in my mind was like, hey, I got this job, cool job opportunity. I'm going to go on the interview and I'm going to chase after that and see what happens. If anything comes of it, great. If not, what she heard is... I'm quitting another job that I just started training and I'm going to go after something else. And I don't know if we're going to be making any money. Um,
0: so yeah, let's pause for a second. Mm-hmm. A normal person would have said, so you're already going into it. And again, I realize that some of it's hindsight. I, yeah. I, I do. A normal person would have said, you chose to say, yeah," and we talk about it all the time, how someone responds. Is about them. Yes. Right? But your story lends itself to, I want to be seen. I want to be accepted. I want to be, especially by your wife. Yeah. And immediately she hears something that you had no intention of her hearing.
1: No. And I can't fault her for what she heard.
0: Of course. Um, Because we don't have any control over the reaction.
1: No. No. So... The reaction was was swift. Um Yeah, there I mean, there was yelling, there was there was arguing. And without going into all the details and everything, she she said that she is at her breaking point and I can't do this to her and put her out, out there by herself. Oh,
0: and, tell me how that landed for you. Yeah,
1: she she said, she said I she said I she's like, I need you to do so. you have to do something like the time like you can't just quit something else and leave us out here by ourselves. Mm. And that's when I guess my switch flipped. And I was like, I went into that scary little boy who wasn't seen. And I was like, well, you're just going to have to face the fact that you bet on a loser and I'm a piece of shit and I don't amount to anything. And you bet on a losing horse. Um, and I'm sure there's somebody out there better for you. You just need to, if you want to go find somebody else, go find somebody else that can take care of you.
0: So you flat out made the offer, bail on me, I'm I'm never going to change, mm-hmm. I'm not worth the time and the effort, yep. and you could do better than me. Yeah. Man, does that play into your story.
1: Yeah.
0: Dude. And so I think one thing that I want to point out right here is we talk a lot about the fact that owning our story is one thing but realizing that we're going to continually have to walk into it. It's not like we flip this switch and we check this box and it's like, okay, now we don't have to deal with this anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. The reality of it is it's an ongoing work in progress. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you said all of that to her. I'm not worth the time and the effort. You bet on a loser, go find somebody else. Care to share what you, what else you said?
1: Yeah, I, I wish I wish so bad that I could have. It, it's bad enough leading up to that, but I it did not stop there. Um, taking it a step further and even more of the negative stuff, I said, I said to her, "If you, yeah, basically to help you find somebody else, like I mean, I'll just go ahead and put a bullet in my head and make it easier."
0: So, to clarify. Your wife knows your story pretty well. Yeah, she does, and she knows that you have contemplated that. Yes, had a plan to do that. Yeah. How's that land?
1: Not good, not good at all. Um, it ramped things up. She told me, "How dare you? How self? That's so selfish. You have two boys that need you, and to think that." you doing that and being that selfish would fix things and ruin three people's lives is not okay. We, uh, we, you know, we, we went our separate ways in the house, Um, came together later and talked. And she told me she's like that to me, that is tantamount to emotional abuse Mm -hmm. to weaponize threatening, taking my own life. And she's not wrong. And there is, She's not. there is so much shame, even still shame, and and just anger and tenderness in that. I can honestly say, like, there was zero intention of doing anything to myself, which I don't know if it makes it better or worse. To be honest with you,
0: I, I, I guess from my seat, Aaron, like I think it's of great inconsequence. Yeah, which side of the fence it falls on, whether you were intentional or whether you weren't going to do anything about it, saying it. I've I've talked with you since then, and just for mm-hmm. me, I I checked in around it before yeah. the show. Yeah, I, I'm sad and I'm tender because it's like, well, what happens if I lose you? Yeah. So I understand where she's coming from. I I think I I can see where she's coming from for sure, and stating that that's emotional abuse.
1: Yeah, and one of the things that hurt the most was she said that. In that moment, I was not a safe person for her.
0: Oh, dude, that yeah, which that scares every fiber of my being and makes me sad mm -hmm. because the entire goal is to be be safe. Yeah, and here, your wife tells you you're not a safe man. Yeah, sucks. How's that land? It's a
1: knife to the gut, man. It's, but I can't argue with her.
0: So what's I can't the na- say you're wrong? So, so you hear this, mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm sure that the conversation is ongoing. This this is still very very fresh, even as we talk. Yeah. And so there's more to it, and there's more going on. But what steps did you decide that you were going to take to change where you
1: are? So actually, on her suggestion, she has suggested this for quite a while, and again, the stigma, and she said you need like professional help. She's so like, you need to do something because what you've been doing has worked for some things, but there are still some things in you that you need professional help with. And, you know, we, you and I sit here and talk and we offer advice and what we've been through and what we've gone through, what we've seen in five years, which that experience in working with a bunch of other men isn't nothing, but we're not professionals,
0: <laughs> not even close so not even close
1: so something she said she's i said and i said look i get i'm not safe right now and and i and i have to own that and i have to work my way back into trust and being safe thank god she showed me grace and gave me an opportunity to do that and she gave me some stuff and she said one of the things you she's like i want to see you actually go out and look and get try to get some help that you're willing to go out and put this stigma behind you and get some Get some help.
0: So uh, obviously some tough stuff that we're wading into. Uh, Number one, I think it's super important for uh, me to come out and say, how much I love and support Aaron for his willingness to be vulnerable in this space. But number two, the resources are out there. If you are struggling in any way, shape or form, you know how to reach out to us and we do want to help you. But uh, if you need something in the more immediate future, 988 is the suicide prevention hotline. Just pick up your cell phone, 988 hit send and someone is going to be on there for you. Uh, If you need professional resources, make sure that you're reaching out uh, to the appropriate humans in that space. And remember, there's nothing wrong with seeking help to being the human that you want to be.